everyone. Welcome to my fourth interview in my series of Mindful Conversations. You can find it on YouTube, as you know. Today, I have the incredibly inspiring Amanda Lennon to talk to me. She is a coach specialising in what she calls self-sabotage. We're going to find out more today about that. What I find really inspiring and I want to know more is about Amanda's journey because she's been sober for nine years now. Yes. And she's got first-hand experience of a, a, of this whole world of recovery and addiction and she helps people from this place of immense experience. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Laura. So I firstly want to start with understanding what do you mean by self-sabotage? Okay, so self-sabotage is like this umbrella term, I think, that okay. people have started to use in order to, um, it's almost like an excuse when they come across blocks. So I think it's a lot to do with like habits, it's a lot to do with procrastination, mm -hmm. it's a lot to do with pain avoidance, and really underneath all of it is low self-worth. So yeah. I think it's like this, it's a narrative, self-sabotage. So what I'm trying to help people do is break that narrative, get to what's really underneath that and work on it from there. So I'm like celebrating. If someone says they self-sabotage, I'm like, good for you, because you already know that where you're, where you're at isn't where you want to be and where yeah. you're going. And you're noticing the unhelpful thoughts yes. that lead to the destructive behaviours mm -hmm. and you're noticing them and that's sort of half the work, mm -hmm. I guess. Yes. I guess for me, I'm really interested to know, and I think a lot of people watching will be interested to know um, how coaching has helped in your recovery from sort of all those years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's more that my recovery has helped with the coaching. Okay, <laughs> makes sense, yeah. Yeah, but um, I think that having to, like I had to change everything about my life. And during that journey, I started to get really interested in it. Mm. Like really started to become interested in my own personal development, in my own mental health, and then in that of the people around me. And I think it just developed an interest of change, of transformation, of mindset, mm. of what people are really capable of. And so when I became, I wanted to be a coach for years before I had the guts to do it and make another big change and um and i think that the recovery helps with the coaching okay yeah. but yeah i can imagine it kind of works together so well yeah. and when you're coaching people do you bring in a lot of your own experiences i bring in a lot i i'm i mentor as well and i mentor within my coaching um unless people don't want that then that's fine would but, you be able to tell us the difference between coaching and mentoring yes yeah. there's, there's a crossover but mentorship is where I show somebody and tell somebody about my experience and guide them through finding their own experience, but by using tools that I've picked up and things that I've learned. Okay. When I coach somebody, what I'm really doing is letting them use their life experience and I ask them questions and lead them to their own answers and their own solutions. So it's one is like show and tell mm. and the other one is like helping someone to find their own power. Okay, so it's a subtle difference, but a significant difference. Yes, and a huge crossover. Okay, yeah. can you sort of pinpoint a pivotal moment um, in your life that was fundamental 
to your change, you know, was a catalyst. Yeah. For want of a better word. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many of those moments, but um, I had like a profound moment of clarity. So I had been at rock bottom for quite a long time. What I mean by that is like living outside of my values, um, doing things and living in a lifestyle that I really wasn't in control of anymore due to my addictions. Mm. And I had a week or two weeks, which I call my divine storm. So that's when every single thing that can go wrong goes wrong. And I'm kind of left going, how is this happening to me? Like. It's a bit of a pity party, really. And then I was having my pity party, feeling sorry for myself, crying. Why is this always happening to me? It's like the universe threw everything at me mm. all at one time. And um, I just had this moment where I was like, you're creating all of this. And it was like, do you remember specifically having that thought? Yeah. I remember it being loud because it had been years of this, years of my own self-destruction. And um, and when you live, if you, when you live in addiction, lots of bad things, bad things happen anyway, but it's, it's, it happens a lot. And um, it's always somebody else's fault or it's always, there's always a problem, right? That's yeah. got nothing to do with I've my drinking, yeah. right? And so I had, it was loud. It was like, you're the problem. You're creating all of this. Wow. Yeah, I've got goosebumps. You're telling me this, right? So it, it just is that a thought you've ever had before, or it was the first time you thought that? I mean, no, most not like that. I had known I had a problem with alcohol ten years before, and I had tried to get sober a year before, so I was really aware that I had a massive problem. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want abstinence to be the solution. Okay, but in that moment. The difference was that I was suddenly not looking at substances as my problem, but rather me. I was the problem, and so I thought, if I'm the problem, then maybe I can have the answers. Maybe I have the solution. Right. So do you think in, that means that, in general, substances are not the problem? It's yeah. just the symptom? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I really believe that. Sometimes substances help for a long time. Mm. People treat their addiction and what's wrong with them. And so it becomes addictive because mm. it works, right? And then it doesn't work anymore. And it's, it's grim. Yeah. But the realization is also amazing. It's amazing. It's empowering. Yeah. I'm the problem is empowering. Mm. You know, it takes a long, it took a long time to get there. It took a lot of destruction for me to realize that. Yeah. But it was, everything I have now is hinged on that. <laughs> but, it's been nine years. It's been nine years. Does it feel like it's been a long time? Do you feel like it's sort of a different life? Oh, yeah, so I have like a before and after life. Yeah. Um, also time changes. So when you're drunk most of the time, right, or hungover, and then you have nine years of continuous sobriety. It's like time changes. Like the amount, <laughs> How do you mean? The things that you can remember and the way that you put your life together. Like everything <laughs> changes. And there's nothing, I mean, not everything changes. I'm still me. But um, and that's been the most interesting part, really, like getting to know me again. But yeah, time, time is, it's really hard to describe. But it's a before and after life. Have a I can understand though, just talking to you for only sort of 10 minutes, how 
speaking to somebody from your experience could help so much if they're going through similar issues because what's better than you know someone that's had first-hand experience mm -hmm. all of this yeah i want to ask you about sort of the bigger picture in terms of the drinking culture because you know i've got young kids and mm -hmm. i'm sure you've got you know people young very close to you yeah do you think the world is shifting a bit away from the drinking culture? I mean, there are bars open up all over the, over the place that are, you know, non-alcoholic cocktails only. Mm -hmm. There's much more of awareness of health. Young people are exercising more. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that or do you think that's only a very small proportion? I think it's two sides to it. I think that the younger generation so I'm going to speak about, say, my nephew's age, which is like 17, 18. Mm -hmm. They're just way more sophisticated than we were. <laughs> we were out clubbing every night, right? Literally, yeah. Literally. <laughs> and they're not. They're, what are they doing? They are interested in personal development. They're interested in the gym. They're interested mm -hmm. in, like, the effects of dopamine on their body. And, like, these are the conversations that they're having. Or on their lifestyle, I should say. Is this they're, Generation um, Z? I, I don't know what that's called. apparently like the new terminology we may have got that wrong possibly, that bit. <laughs> possibly and they don't get the kind of drunk which I think it's like not that cool to be completely wasted or it's not that common um for us drinking culture was really normal it's really normal to go out every day and drink every night you go to work you you and then you drink it's normal well when we were younger and Amanda and I kind of grew up in a very similar circle and went to the same clubs mm -hmm. for decades, yes. probably. <laughs> yeah, a while. Um, and it was a very different time. And it's good to hear that that's, hopefully, the younger generation is going towards slightly healthier ways. I think that they are. I mean, I think in the problem, I think the issue of addiction is much wider. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of like social issues. I think there's a lot of pro pro problems around poverty and kids not having enough to do. Um, and I think there's a lot of problems with cuts that have been made in the last 12 years to the addiction services in this country. Yeah. And I think that, so I think the problem is much larger than the 17 year olds that I'm blessed enough to be around. Yeah. So it's a lot to do with where you're coming from. I really think so, yeah. Um, even though I don't think addictions has any discrimination, I don't think it matters where you come from, mm. whether you become an addict or not, but I do think that it's relevant to a lot of the social problems. Yeah, I agree with you, very, um, very. So, you know, obviously with social media so present mm -hmm. for this younger generation, you know, I also have, you know, nieces that are that age and, you know, Instagram is a huge part of their life as mm -hmm. it is to a lot of ours. But, you know, I'm trying to create my Instagram and follow people that are in this industry and that's what I like to do. But it's very hard to keep it in a framework that's healthy for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what advice would you give your, your nephew, for example, about this sort of stuff. Is he on Instagram? He is on Instagram. Um, first of all, he wouldn't listen to me because he's my nephew. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I would just say that social media to me is the same as every other 
kind of energy that you're engaging with. So whether it's food or television or what you're reading or the people you're around, you know, your input is going to be your output. So if you've got lots of negative stuff and you're feeding into mm. that, that's going to be part of your creation of who you are. So true. Right? And so, so if you're using it in a way to enlighten, to inspire, to you can learn, so I learn stuff from social media. Me too, absolutely. And I follow some incredible inspirational people. Yeah. But you can also go down a rabbit hole mm -hmm. and watch people and then feel not great about yourself. Yeah. So... Okay, so I unfollow anybody who talks about like diets or like like specific body types or like anything extreme mm. and make sure that I've not, I don't want it in my psyche. I don't want to be looking at that kind of stuff. Yeah. We all have things that we're, that is our cause, right? Our triggers. Our tr yeah. Mm. Or um, what we want to be looking at or what causes we want to be involved in or which we don't. And I think it's important to know what's out there mm. as long as you're not plugged into it yeah because what you're plugged into you're going to become like yeah so and also um i spoke a lot in in one of my interviews with carly who mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um about taking a tech break so i'm actually discussing um a program at the moment of like a dopamine detox that would really include wow. yeah that would really include like full tech breaks for people Amazing. Um, yeah, and I think the younger generation are probably more interested in that than we are as well. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would be interested in that. Yeah. Because I think sometimes I just, you know, just 24 hours yeah. of just nothing. But it's very hard to do that, you know, with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you should definitely do that course. Um, we're coming to the end of our interview, but could you just tell everyone if they want to get in contact with you, how they would do that? Yeah. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram, which is Amanda Lennon one, um, or my website, which is www.thespiritrebellion.com, um, or follow me on Facebook, Amanda Lennon. Amazing. And you will see the details at the end of this. Thank you so much. That was really interesting. Thank Loved you. Loved having you. Thank, Thank you for inviting me. <laughs>